Welcome back to Sci-Fi Cross Sections, a weekly podcast dedicated to everything science fiction. It's me, your sci-fi boy, Colin Brandon, and with me tonight is... Mark Botker. I am Ben Young. I'm Bill Jarvis. Andrew's back. And tonight we are talking about the brand new sci-fi movie, Possessor. Possessor was directed by Brandon Cronenberg, also written by him. It is starring... Son of David Cronenberg? Yes. Spawn. No, it is. It is Spawn, Spawn of David Cronenberg. Um, starring Andrea Riceboru. I'm hoping I said that right. If I'm not, sorry, it's, Andrea. It's, it's you a, said it, it like a Japanese person. Riceboru. Riceboru. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Um Christopher Abbott. Rossif Sutherland. Tuppence Middleton and my man Sean Bean. Whoa, 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 whoa. Isn't it Tuppence? Tuppence? Two pence. Yeah, I'm two pretty pen. sure it's <laughs> she related to That's the right. coolest name I've ever heard. It's, 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 uh, it's two the British. Pence. Tuppence. British Tupac. That's, yeah. the, it's that's like, the coolest name I've ever it's heard. Like, it's like, <laughs> right, the, my name's Tuppence Middleton. <laughs> it's like Tupac and 50 Cent meant in the middle. Two pence. punk. Yeah. Some sort of. Some sort. Some sort of British, some sort of British person, right? Two pence, Middleton. All right, and yes, the the ever wonderful Sean Bean. So, anyways, oh, okay. this movie was uh, real quick. This movie was uh, released in Sundance, like all the best sci-fi movies have been the last couple of years. And it uh, eventually got first off. Their distribution is all over the fucking place, naturally. Um, got released in theaters last month, beginning of October, and thus far in the box office, it has made $752,000. <clears> yeah, that's Oof. no bueno. Yeah. <laughs> uh, however, it has got stellar reviews, which most sci-fi does. It just gets shit on in the box office regardless, but... Um, not a good time to be in theaters. Anyways, Ben, what is this movie about? Tasia Voss is a hired assassin who kills people using the bodies of those closest to them. But when the will of one of her victims fights back, she realizes she may not be as in control as she believed. It's Possessor! That's not a very good description. Possessor. Especially considered a very good description. No, especially since at the very beginning, she killed that fat guy with the body of a woman who was hired to be a host. You know, like she the, didn't know that do it all. She didn't know that guy at all. Here's the thing. Physically close proximity. Here's the thing. Oh, right. Here's the thing. I think we need to talk about this before we even begin. This was a movie. Yeah. It starred actors who acted in yep. it. Mm-hmm. A director okay, directed it. Debatable. Go ahead. I see where you're going. A writer with this. Yeah. wrote it. Um, Did they? Well, the right the, the writer and uh, the writer that wrote it is also the director that directed right, it. Right, so. of course. Those weren't mutually exclusive. Yeah. I just explained. Right. Uh they happened at separate times, of course. Though I I would imagine that as the director directed the writer sometimes would write 
And that's how the process works. Um, throughout the film, things happen. Uh, there are shots, there are scenes, and at, at sometimes there are moments. And I think I've done the best I can at describing the many moments that happen, the many moments, shots, and scenes that happen in this film. Now, if are, you are feel you at- I didn't do my job, Miller, I invite you to write the 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 synopsis. It is not a description. It is a synopsis. It is a brief uh, explanation of what we're talking about today. And if you feel I didn't do it well, you are welcome to do it right now. All right. I'll do it real quick. One second. No, 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 no. I I said Miller. I said Miller. Sorry, Colin. Go ahead. I do see that you just threw that gauntlet down, but. Do you want an apology from Miller? Do you want an apology? I would appreciate one. Is that, is that what you? Is that what you really? I would want? appreciate one. Miller, do you want to say sorry, Ben? For what? Great. That's for, great. What fur? Should I rephrase it? What fur? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, moving on. Um, Tessie yeah. is a is a small town bounty hunter. <laughs> She's a small town assassin. He's a drug family fun for the whole with his family. <laughs> Sheen Bean stars as that guy who gets fucking killed like he does in every goddamn Bill, movie. Bill has a point in. there. Uh, I think all the families had a lot of fun throughout this movie. Lots of fun. So much fun. <laughs> and also, also yes, the moment Sean Bean showed up on screen, I was like, you know, she succeeds because it's Sean Bean. Yeah. But actually, she yeah, did. Well, you so, know, it's fun for the whole family because you saw like a whole half of a hog. And I, I don't want to. We're gonna circle back around to Sean Bean. Okay. Um, <laughs> I wanted more hog in this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh shit, man. Yeah, no, I think the the hog percentage was pretty low, actually. <laughs> okay, so Andrea uh, Risenborough, her acting was spot on, but I have to say that Christopher Abbott was fucking awesome. Sure. Yeah. Who did he Which play? Guy is the, oh, the well, no. The okay, so the man putting was he was she was he he was he the man? He was. He was yeah. Connor, Tate. right? So, no, Colin. 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 Yeah. You're Colin. He put, he, I, I, hey. <laughs> Spot on. <laughs> so, um, no, but every fucking time he had to put that gun to his his head, I was like, I don't, is he going to do it this time? I don't fucking know. Like, that was great, man. Well, it, it always impresses me when people can pull off the... I'm not really me, but I'm someone trying to act like me. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, like, he he played, you know, three characters throughout the movie, really. Like, yeah, man, it's always impressive to me. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, I had never seen anything this guy's done before. Um, but I hope he has a career doing... Uh, a bunch of sci-fi movies that no one's ever going to go see. Who? Just for <laughs> Abbott? Yeah, I've never seen anything with him I'm before. pretty sure he... we've... One sec. Let me, let me double check. He's, he's, he's in a, a lot. lot. Of stuff. He, okay, I'm not wrong though, right? He He's like 80% Kit Harrington. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Tyler's saying the same Kit thing Harrington. throughout the film. 
<laughs> he was like, they're really lucky Kit Harrington was busy. Uh, <laughs> okay, no, he hasn't been. He, sure, uh... the, his most his most connected thing that he would be in that like we might talk about. I don't know if it's actually sci-fi, but it's it comes at night was his recent one. But he's like in. Well, I really want to see Voxlux. But he's in all sorts of shit. Okay. Um. Oh my god, yeah. he was actually in a in a in a adaptation of Catch Twenty Two. I didn't realize that was a thing. That's kind of cool. I didn't either. I didn't realize um, they had any adaptations of Catch Twenty Two. Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, uh, Catch Twenty. That's something I actually wanted to uh, check out. Catch Twenty Two looked pretty good. Yeah. Anyway, um, sorry. Uh, so I kind of I kind of wanted to talk about the actress here. Uh, the Son of Andrea Reisenberg. 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 Um, I feel like I've seen her in a couple other things, but I know she's a great actress, and she just wasn't able to act in this. Like she, the the scripts and the director did not allow for her to act. <laughs> I mean, but I, I I will say she still worked with what she had. I mean, sure, that was yeah, pretty good in a very desolate way. But it wasn't a likable character. You know, it's like it wasn't really like. I don't think she's supposed to be a likable character. No, no, and that's well, that's that's the thing is that like, like okay, she did exactly what she was supposed to do though. Did you want her to take that role and guys, just make it like guys? Listen to me, listen to me. Is nobody fucking listening to me? Okay, what I mean to say. Wait, 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 wait. That... Try that again. That was super hostile. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, okay, got it, got it. Um. No, no. So, so what I mean, what I mean to say is that is that she's a great actor, right, or actress, right? You agree with that? Sure. Yes. She's given she's given some character that does not exhibit anything that she's able to do. You know, like it it doesn't take advantage of her as an actress. And I think that's like one of my complaints about this character is that you put a great actress into the spot that she's not actually be able she's not actually able to like you know show off. And so, I mean, that was that was one of the things that I noticed about it because I, I do like that actress. Um, but I mean, it's also also there's no really likable characters I, in, this, in this film, I get, so I don't really care. I don't really care, you know, like when people die. I get I what really you're care. saying. She's she plays a very hollow character and therefore mm -hmm. doesn't get much to do. Is what you're saying? Unlikable, right. like because actors who who play characters who are unlikable can still act and do a good job. She was yeah. hollow. There was nothing to her. She, we we meet her having become a hollow person right off the bat. Right. And throughout it she has she never goes anywhere but being hollow. She's hollow from beginning all the way to the end. Right. Right. I think I think one of my the main takeaway that I was trying to what I was trying to say is that I see a lot of, I love it visually, right? I love this film visually. I really, really do. I think it's it's really cool. It has a lot of, honestly, what Cronenberg does with like, um, with a uh, body horror. I mean, he's kind of leaning into the same thing that his dad did. You know, he's kind of doing the same thing that his dad did, and he's kind of like meeting the expectation there. You know, he's trying to meet that expectation. And I think it's really, really cool. Like the the melting wax sort of uh, aesthetic. That was awesome. I thought that was amazing, yeah, that was cool. freaking amazing. Like all of that was really, really amazing. Um, but in the end, uh, as a film, I really, 
I really felt like, you know, in terms of character development and what these characters are going through, um, I feel like the only thing that really resolves in this film is that any shred of guilt she might feel is gone by the end. Why did she get there? I'm not sure. You know, it's like, why was this whole thing happening? I'm not fully sure. Um, so, I mean, that's that's one my one complaint. It was really cool to watch. The only reason that I was horrified or I considered it horror at the end was because a child died. <laughs> but that's pretty much it. You know, it's like... I don't think the close-ups of the brutal stabbings and killings... Yeah, I mean, that's were, body were horror. That's, that's body horror, not so much like psychological horror, you know? Body mm-hmm. horror... I mean, body horror is legitimate, and I think visually it was amazing. And it portrayed mm-hmm. that very, very well. Or I like just, the not being in control or, you know... Yeah, loss of stability in every aspect. <laughs> here's, here's my take on that, Bill. I, I viewed her as hollow in, in portrayal because she's having both a literal identity crisis and that she is no longer satisfied with her family life and right. also a, uh, I guess, mental or figurative or, or some kind of otherwise extra personal identity crisis and that she keeps pe- like being other people and being yeah. forced to kill <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah oh exactly i think i said it to mark as soon as the movie ended i was like that's what it was is the entire time um she could not make peace with the fact that she was trying to live two lives one she is this instinctive predator that kills and on the other end she was trying to be a, a wife and a um, couldn't happen yeah and it, it, not it couldn't work and at You're the end of the movie, it's, it's it's her finally deciding which one she's going to be and so she kills her husband she kills her son as it resolves in every situation yeah and and then she comes out of uh spoiler alert you know she comes out of it all and she's fine mm-hmm. better even that, because she see- finally chose one over the other and she's happy and just, I don't know, happy, but she's yeah. reached her equilibrium, I guess. I don't know what to call it. They play with, like, they play with aspects of it constantly in the movie. With, the, you know, cinematography, dialogue, everything. I really like the the mirroring of one scene she's trying to figure out the correct way to to be greeted at the door and say, yeah, I'm starving. And the next scene she's doing the exact same, like, social mimicry when trying to find her voice for this guy that she's about to take over it's all rehearsed everything is rehearsed really she has to rehearse even her normal life Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. because it's not her that's not her normal life right yeah she's still playing a a role when she was being the mother and the husband at that point right so you have a hollow character right i guess Yeah. yeah i suppose but it's it's a like, character who's hollow by design, right? Exactly. It's, it's, as 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 part of the story, yeah. it is it is that way. You're right, and I mean, I think that's super super interesting. And you know, it's you know, it's that's family work balance, right, guys? I mean, <laughs> yeah that 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 life work balance. Spend time with your family or stab some guys. Like yeah. you can't do both. Literally. Yeah, when when you guys when you when you come home to to the <laughs> when when you when you have a horrible day and then you come home and you got your kids at home and you got to take care of your kids and you got to provide for your wife 
I mean, you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do, right? Sometimes you gotta chop a couple fingers off. Sometimes you gotta shoot a kid. You know that what I'm saying? That was fucked. <laughs> so Mark, Mark in the group chat viewers was like this is not a miller movie and i was like nope Nope. (laughs) and i think ben misunderstood but what uh what mark meant was that this movie is incredibly gory and like Mm -hmm. viscerally gory like realistically gory yes Mm -hmm. i i think i posted like um first shot of the movie literally unwatchable because she's like sticking like i mean obviously we know now that it was um tass in the body of uh holly sticking that um thing into her brain to like calibrate and i was like oh god i couldn't like it was just really hard for me to watch like i don't do uh i don't do blood and gore like realistic depictions of blood and gore slash like i guess needles needles are really rough for me so so i also do not like watching gore so i took advantage of the fact that i was also writing a test for my students tomorrow so every time gore popped up i would just like look down and keep writing you'd write a question about al gore yes so so the visual aspects of this film are probably my favorite thing about them I, I think that it's it's super cool concept. Even if the characters are lacking, I think it's a super cool concept. Um, and then like <laughs> there were aspects of this film, like that little particle that was out of place, right? That had happened twice in the film. That was referenced mm-hmm. twice in the film. Artifacting, yeah, the, the artifacting, right? I thought that was super cool. Like like it's one of those things that is difficult to portray in a film the portraying like the thing that you know like the out of focus thing out out of sight sort of thing that's hard to like show in a in a an embodied immersive way like um they did that a lot with like the um you know internal scenes where you know colin was ripping off her face and putting on her face and then living her life Uh, there were so many things that are just like i don't know how to describe it sort of visual artifacts Mm -hmm. you know you know we all have these you know visual artifacts these sort of experiences that we have visually or auditorily that is hard to portray on a two-dimensional surface and i think he cronenberg tries to like portray a very embodied experience i don't know how to describe it but that's my that's my best shot (laughs) no i i know exactly what you're talking about bill because i had it today i was at work just sitting around at work entering data into the computer insipidly and like right up in the corner of my peripheral vision it just started to shake and it was only in the peripheral exactly vision of my, and so yeah i mean I, I kind of exactly view that as like similar right. artifacting it's just like your peripheral it just imagine one spot in your peripheral vision shaking. Like if you've ever taken the, um, the eye exam where they have like the little box and you're supposed to just focus on this one square in the center and then just press the button when you see the light shaking in your peripheral vision, it's exactly that except accompanied with like a a physiological feeling shaking in your eyeball. I would agree that I think the, the cinematography and the set design um is just outstanding in this uh i love how sterile everything feels and it it's all so monotone and then you just get these deep like rich blood colors coming in on top of it oh it's so oh it's so good the framing was great i love that that shot down the um the like garage way (sighs) yes i i have nothing against the production of this film 
I have nothing against it. I, you know, I, even though, I mean, it's a very high concept film, you know, I mean, a lot of the characters are just kind of concepts. They represent a lot of concepts and it's like, so, you know, at a very basic, like, you know, hero's journey kind of tale, obviously it's not going to be there. <laughs> you know, it's not the same thing. It's not, that's not why you came here <laughs> in a lot of ways. So, you know, when I take that initial sort of mm-hmm. um, treatment, it kind of doesn't add up in that way. So <clears throat> real quick, I don't think I've seen a single thing of uh, David Cronenberg, like his movies, aside from The Fly. Uh, mm-hmm. how much does Brandon take from his father, I guess, in terms of, uh, directing? Doesn't he direct or no? Wait. Is the main character, is the, is the one character named Colin and is the director's name Brandon? Oh, <laughs> I have to move. I'm, I'm moving to, uh, South Africa. Don't, don't look for me. Don't look for me. Okay, bye. Fil- film student, do you have anything for David Cronenberg? No, I've never seen David Cronenberg, and uh, I haven't seen, I think, of David Cronenberg's stuff, I think I've only seen one film, and I can't... One sec, let me double check. I didn't like this, uh, just full disclosure. Uh, I don't really have anything to say about it, because I think the movie is empty. Uh, I think visually it's very interesting and it was very entertaining, but overall as a sci-fi piece, as a, uh, as an actual, when you actually put your mind to what was being said here, um, I, I get what Brandon was going for, but never once do I think he actually made it. I think it succeeds more as a visceral and visual film than it does as, you know, a real film. Um, <clears throat> I have seen A History of Violence, which I really like. It's a very different film, different kind of film, but it's the same in the aspect of, of its gore and how it uses gore, not as like gore porn does, but in a way to kind of show the real horrible nature of humanity. And I think that's kind of something that Brandon takes from his dad, like knowing the fly and knowing uh, and, and and having seen a history of violence, I think what he what he takes from him most is, yeah, just the the concept of humanity is horrible and violent, and we need to showcase that. I think that's the that's the biggest connection to his father. Hmm. That's a really good point that you made there with like with like gore as a you know showing the ugly side of humanity mm-hmm. and reality. I think that's, that's a big thing that was done. And here. that's my favorite part yeah, of this movie. I felt, uh, yeah. you know, like there's stuff like going on about like identity crisis that you guys have talked about. Um, the big, the big piece that I felt hasn't been talked about yet is the, um, discussion on corporations, the 1% using, um, each using us, the working class against each other. Um, that's a big piece. Uh, but Brandon gets all of these pieces and he never puts them together. That's the problem with this movie is it's a bunch of really good and interesting pieces, but never once does it all come together to the point where, uh, 
at the end, I didn't give a shit that the kid died. I was expecting the kid to die, and I was like bracing myself for this horrible moment that we were about to see because I don't like seeing kids die in film either. I think it's taboo. Um, and I was bracing myself for this big, terrible moment. And when it happened, I was just like, okay, we're done. Like, the movie's done. <laughs> it, uh, it's, you know, it, it's Brandon Cronenberg does his best to one-up himself and his father in every shot. And uh, every chance he gets, it, it, it takes away from the film in an effort to fuel, fuel his own ego, I think. How does it feel to just be so wrong sometimes, Ben? <laughs> Yeah, how do you? I mean, by by the by the time the kid fucking died, it was the end of the movie. I think there was like two. Like yeah, but there was one, no. There was, like, there was no way to You, just, matter, you was... just admitted to not knowing. You just admitted to essentially not having any real knowledge of Cronenberg's actual film legacy, and you're like, oh, you could just tell he was just trying to. He just spent the whole time one upping uh, his father's legacy He's... the whole time, and, and taking. Well, I've seen A History of Violence, uh, which is a fantastic film, but I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about how this movie feels. This movie feels like every scene is one-upping itself as it goes. I don't know. If you like it, that's fine, and I, I, there are parts of this movie I like absolutely. This is why I was quiet, because I knew... I, I expected you all to hate this. Really? I'm actually quite surprised that you guys all started praising it, so I shut up. But since someone said something to me, uh, I, I thought it was amateurish. I really did. I think I could do a better job at the end of the day, and I can't do shit. I can't do a good job at all. So, uh, no, I, I, you know, it's like I said, a lot of good parts, not a good machine. Hmm. Yeah, I, you know, that's, that's a very good point. I think one of the things that came to mind when you were talking was the fact that I think maybe – maybe Brandon, what, what he had in mind were a whole bunch of points, a whole bunch of points that he really wanted mm -hmm. to hit and a whole bunch of ideas that he really wanted to hit. And he didn't really care how he got there as long as he got yeah, there. Absolutely. So the, he didn't care about the journey there. You know, it's like, you know, like, uh, what was it? Sean Bean was just like, get out before I call the cops or something. And then he says, uh, what is it? Make me or something like that. And you're like, this is stupid as hell. And then he just randomly kills. It's like, it's just, it feels like they jump from one point to another point and they use really cool visuals and he wanted to cross these lines and he wanted to get to the horrible, gory sort of ending well, that we wound up at with it, the same sort of horrifying feeling. But getting there was just kind of... It's not that he randomly tries to kill Sean Bean. That's the entire point. Like the plot, the plot That's was, the point he of his was job. trying to kill Sean Bean. No, no, no. And the, I, I, the, the way that he, in which he right. does kill Sean Bean, um, I, I should probably stop saying he because it is, uh, it is she. she. The way that yeah. she kills Sean Bean is, is she wants to make it more brutal than it can be. The same reason she used the steak knife instead of the gun that she right. had mm -hmm. at the beginning of the movie. She wants to feel it maybe? I don't know. Um, yeah. She's she's reduced her. Well, I viewed that as an attachment, I, like trying to sever the attachment that she had to her life. She's projecting that onto other a... people. You know how when you are having internal problems with yourself and you project that oh, onto other people. That's an interesting concept. I took it as she was broken down. She was degraded to her primal instinct by the corporation. Yeah, the she same reason for. she. Um, 
The same reason she sniffed. Oh, her she kid. loved. She loved it. Sure, she loved it. You, I mean, as evidenced dude, by the last shot in the movie, if you, you're, if she you loved the working. For, if she loved being a hired a assassin. Big, you could. I would sit here. I could sit here all day. Me, leftist Ben, I could sit here all day and say, "Fuck the one percent. Fuck the corporations. Fuck all of this." They could pay me a million fucking dollars to kill someone, and suddenly I'm like, you know what? This job ain't so bad. Like, you know, like it, it is what it is, and that's because we're driven by our we're driven by not just our desire for money but our desire for excitement our desire for something different and if someone uh were to come along and, and offer that to us offer an escape from our boring mundane lives no matter what it is we'd have to consider always no matter how moral you think you are at the end of the day you would have to consider if the price is right you would do anything it doesn't matter you would do anything, and no anyone here who says no, I wouldn't, is a fucking liar. Like, and I think that's really what it comes down to is that she loves it, no matter how much she tries to fight against it, no matter how much she tries to hate it. She loves killing, and she loves being a tool for the corporations that don't care about her, and that would, but to the point where the corporations can get her to kill her own child, and she goes, "What's next?" <laughs> yeah. Is that what you thought happened? Huh? Is that what you thought happened? I well, a corporate her the her boss possessed her child. She killed her uh -huh. child. He killed her child. Colin uh, killed. It clearly shows her. It clearly shows her. We're getting into the shows con her. the convoluted mess of the end, but yes, like Bill says, it can t it clearly shows that she but is the one she who does it. Mm -hmm. Didn't she? She's the before? one that took over and shot. She actually looked up though. Doesn't mm. matter. She how? Who else would it be? No, in no, that house? no, 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 no. She she shot once. They shot once, and then you saw the child. And then when it go went back to her, she like emptied the clip on the kid, and it was her firing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She freed herself yeah. from the shackles of the family you know, life. Same. I mean, ben would do it for a Klondike bar. <laughs> I mean, for legal reasons. Ben, yeah, Ben would fucking kill for somebody at a commercial. <laughs> if someone's like, I will make your podcast successful if you kill someone, I'd be like, Help what if it what if what if it was me? What if what if they said your podcast would be successful but you had to kill kill me? I would I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't do it for the success I wouldn't do it for the success of the okay. podcast. Would you kill Bill? No, they already did a movie about that. Don't answer that. Moving on. No, no, I wouldn't do it for the success of the podcast. Um, no. But there is a price for everything. So if anyone's listening. Talk, talk to Ben. <laughs> talk to Ben. All right. So now we're getting back around to it. Can we just talk about how awesome Sean Bean was in this movie? Oh, I mean, he was very ineffectual. I loved his 10 minutes on screen. Yeah. <laughs> I like Sean Bean as a as an actor. Like, I mean, I like Sean Bean. It was fine that he was in there, but like, I mean, it could have just been like I don't know, fucking Richard. No, Dreyfuss. It could have been anybody. Hey, I wish here's it was the reason Richard I Dreyfuss. thought he was great in this movie because I, I, I knew he was gonna, knew was gonna fucking die. It was Sean Bean. But he didn't die. I normally, I normally oh, would just say dead. I like Sean Bean. I hated him. Oh. in the very short time that he was on screen, which means. He did a good job acting. Sure, he did. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's a piece oh, of yeah, shit. Sure. Um, I just wish there was more. I wish, you know, we could cut out about ten minutes at the beginning of the movie and about fifteen minutes at the end of the movie, and have given those twenty-five minutes to Sean Bean being a dick, and 
I'd be all for it. I think that would have been a much better script. And this movie would have been an A plus in your book. Yeah, probably. Well, I think they wanted to make itch so that kind of everybody was at least a little bit unlikable. Mm-hmm. Well, like. You know, like Sean Bean couldn't be likable because he was a rich dick. He represented the one percent. Uh, Girly May had to fucking die anyway. So, well, no, I liked her a lot. So I don't feel like she. Yeah, I feel like if anyone got the shit under the stick in this movie, it's yeah, Ava. She was like, good. Ava wasn't doing yeah. anything. She was just trying to enjoy her cocaine and live her life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, are we, are we talking, so yeah, are we talking about rough. Two Pence Middleton? <laughs> two Pence Middleton. <laughs> yes. <laughs> two Pence, none the richer. <laughs> ah. Two Pence still broke. Here we go. Holy shit. I just realized that uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, uh, who plays the the boss of uh, Voss, uh, she's from Hateful Eight. Jennifer Jason Lee is from a lot yeah, more than a Hateful the... Eight, but yes, she is also from that. Okay, so we're just going to say that Hateful Eight is the greatest thing she's ever done. Um, a Fast Times at Ridgemont High may be one of the greatest movies she's ever done, but that's fine. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee is a national tr- Treasure. Do you think there was any significance to the uh, butterfly being stark red? I don't know. I don't know how much significance there was to the butterfly itself, but it's important to note that at the end of the movie, when she's going through her items, she doesn't say she feels guilty for killing it when she did at one point. I think that's, yep. that's kind of right. like yep. the only change she goes through, which yeah. is not enough to advocate for a good change, but it is change regardless. You don't think no longer for like feeling guilt about something doesn't represent a major change in something in a person? He said it doesn't it doesn't constitute as good change. Right, it wasn't good change. It was just change. I mean it's a major change. I mean change doesn't I have don't to think be it good. Was major at all. I think it was very nominal. I, th- I I here's the thing. Here's here's why I don't think it's major change because I don't believe her when she says she felt guilty for killing it at that point. I don't I, I she doesn't present her that line in a way that makes me be able to believe that she's saying what she's saying. I think she's lying because she's lying to them about everything throughout it. She's lying about the artifacting. She's lying about the anomalies. So when she says that she she's lying about caring about her kids, her kid and her family. Um, so when she says, like, I felt guilty for killing it. I'm like, I don't believe that either. So when she that when she doesn't say it, I'm just like, oh, she's being truthful with herself now, I guess. Good for her. Right. Maybe she's being more honest rather than actually changing as a person. Yeah. Her change is, you know, her accepting herself, you know, and I, right. I think it, it in that moment, it was a very like. That's a very human thing. And I feel like it gave you a somewhat of a connection to her, even though she's she's relatively void of emotion a lot of the time so you don't really get a lot of human moments to connect with her but that's definitely a very you know one of those Ooh, i look back at this thing that i did 20 years ago that i have very little connection to at this point but i still feel like emotionally charged around it you know yeah it just feels like i thought that was significant too i just i feel like she's she never actually showed that much remorse throughout the entire thing I mean, she wasn't, like, flaunting it. It's not like she was flaunting how little remorse she felt, but it felt like there was never a time where I felt I felt like she felt guilty about anything. Like, did anybody get a hint of that at all? No, I felt that she was worried about losing herself, but never once was the act of killing another what was helping, what was making her lose herself. Mm-hmm. What, what it comes down to was... 
because here's the thing. We have to assume a lot in this film uh, because they don't come out and say a lot. So we have to assume that she's done this a lot, right? She's very good at it. She's so good at it, the corporation is not willing to just kind of let her go for being a risk. You know, they clearly want her, want to keep her. So we have to assume she's very good at this. She's done this a lot, uh, which means that she has come out a lot, which means that she has killed her, killed her host a lot. So the fact that she's not doing it anymore, <clears throat> I think what it what it really is is her a weakening of her mindset to she doesn't it's not that she is um empathetic toward the person that she is killing at that point it's that she is seeing herself as that person which is empathy but it's not in the in that in the way that I mean you guys get what I'm saying right where it's like she is is she is she believes herself to be the person she's possessing so she is afraid to commit suicide because of the brain damage that's been induced from the constant possessions that she's been doing up until this point. It is not actual empathy toward that person that is stopping her from pulling the trigger. It is a desire for uh, self-sustaining, for sustaining her own life that is stopping her from killing herself. Right. Killing so it's her host. not. It's not mercy. It's self-preservation. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Okay. Thank you for simplifying that. Um, so that's no, why you know she's she i don't think she ever shows empathy she ever cares about anyone i think that what this really all is is her mind cracking throughout it she's and, and that's that's clear with abbott i don't i don't i i i'm forced to wonder if uh not abbott excuse me colin abbott is his actor's name i i have to assume that colin is is never even really kind of fully there throughout the film uh that she is projecting as Colin because she is losing it. She, because that's what, there's more evidence for that than for Colin taking over. You know what I'm saying? The artifacting, the, the rehearsing before she walks into her family's place. There's more evidence that her mind has been cracked by her corporate handlers then that she has received, she has begun to demonstrate any sort of empathy, that she is being overpowered by the will of the person she's possessing. No, none of that makes sense. What makes sense is that she's going insane. And whether that be the case or not, you know, you guys can argue, you know, some of you may argue that that's not the case, but from my perspective and from the evidence that the movie presents, that's the way I see it. And if that's not the case, and, and, and that makes it not so great to me, and if that's not the case, well, then Cronenberg should have done a better job at demonstrating that, in my opinion. They they do state things like needing to recalibrate, and uh, this host only, there's a, a uh, what does he say? Something about like only being compatible for three days with this host, but not not for any sort of will takeover. It's for brain damage. It's she if she's in there for longer than three days, it will damage her brain, not the hosts. Well, they're clearly not worried about the hosts, right? I'm just saying there is the host's will is not involved. It's not in play here. I don't think I don't think Colin. I think it means that it's going to be there's some going to be some kind of crossover, some kind of mind melding 
that is what they meant by brain. Well, I mean, yeah, physical brain damage for sure, but she's going just the idea of mind mind crossover. Going yeah, you, There's going to be more crossover. If you start to lose connection with their brain, then they are gaining back connection, right? I feel like I, don't know. I feel like the the like regaining of control is implied pretty heavily. I mean, maybe but there's more evidence to show that she's just going insane than anything else i think she's also going i mean there's a lot of evidence to support that but at the end of the day one of the big problems i don't you know i'm not one that wants movies spelled out for me you all know that in fact i often hate it when movies spell it out for me but this movie i felt doesn't know which way it wants to go like i said it's a lot of big pieces and like bill said it's a lot of good ideas that never come together as one cohesive unit. And because of that, the movie suffers and we're left arguing about semantics like this that stop us from actually discussing the themes as a whole because one direction sets the themes as this while the other direction of the argument sets the themes as that. You know, it changes the scope of the movie depending on which way you want to look at it. And I don't think that makes it ambiguous and fun. I think it makes it scattered and sloppy. All right, gentlemen, now that we've talked in depth about Possessor with two of the S's. Possessor. Um, Possessor. <laughs> facing the wrong direction. Um, yes, thank you for listening to Processor. Um, real quick, let's go around the horn here and let us see. If this is good sci-fi or bad sci-fi, Mark Botker, I'm starting with you. Oh, God damn it. Uh, good sci-fi. Uh, I really liked it. And I think that it broaches a lot of topics. I disagree with what some of the people on the cast said earlier about it being scattered and not sticking to its points because I feel like just because you touch on something or a, a topic might be kind of hinted towards in the movie doesn't mean that you need to wrap every single little aspect into a big bow at the end. I think that you can have have some things like show up in a movie and just be there for, for a moment and still be something to look back and think about. Um, I like all the themes that they, that they touch on and the visuals were my favorite part. All right. Thank you, Mark. Ben. It's okay, sci-fi. It's cool. It was entertaining. Um, But at the end of the day, it's stupid. Uh, It's one of those movies like Tenet, a lot like Tenet, in fact, that is like so above it all that it makes like people who like, it justifies people in being like, oh, well, you didn't understand it because you, you weren't smart enough. And it's like, no, it's just dumb and it doesn't know what it wants to be. Uh, but at the end of the day, the sci-fi stuff that happens is cool. Uh, and it, you know, it leaves some things for discussion. But overall, I think it's, you know, uh, a, a juvenile effort. And I'm excited for whatever else Cronenberg has uh, has to show. And I'm ex- I would like to go back and look at his other stuff to see if it's better or worse. Um, but uh, Brandon Cronenberg hasn't done a lot. I know he hasn't done a lot. He's done a few few films. Um, okay. but, uh, overall it is just okay. Sci-fi though. An entertaining movie going on to Bill Jarvis. 
Okay. Thank you, Mr. Colin Brandon. Um, so I would say that this is um this is intriguing sci-fi. I think it's interesting. It's pretty good. Um, it makes me made me I don't know think about a lot of things in terms of identity and consciousness and embodiment. Um of consciousness and you know what that means you know as you as you start living and and processing things in a different environment how does that affect you as a person and your identity interesting ideas kind of cool and they're floating around there somewhere um and you know i i'm i'm not thick i completely understand that the ideas are there and it's really cool those ideas my only my only gripe is the uh, delivery because i believe that a solid you have to stick the landing on these ideas to make them really work and to really make your audience question themselves thank you bill andrew i decent enough sci-fi um but i i just kind of like the movie concept as it is i i think i think it dealt a lot with uh you know, like Bill said, identity crisis. I, I think there's a body horror aspect that's kind of a sleeper in there in such that, like, what could be more horrifying than being trapped outside of your body? You know, like being unable to get back into your own body. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot here, I think, to unpack. And uh, unfortunately, we just didn't have enough time to unpack it all. So uh, decent sci-fi, uh, good, decent movie, good movie, decent movie. All right. Uh, real quick, I will say that I think this was good sci-fi. Um, <clears throat> I particularly love the whole uh, dilemma that is going on with our main protagonist. If we call that a protagonist, um, but essentially, uh, Vox, whatever her name is. Um, she's dealing with two different things. Uh, I think everybody kind of struggles with who they are and who they want to be on, on a daily basis. Uh, we sit there often, we think about what we want to be doing versus what we currently are doing. Um, I think that is a, a giant, I don't know, uh, thorn in the side of like mental health for a lot of people. Um, this movie it puts a, a really interesting spin on it to the point where she kills off an entirely part of her identity to make peace with it. Um, I don't think it's that easy, and I think we have to kind of merge those two together to find our equilibrium. But um, I thought it was good. It's good sci-fi. It's definitely something to think about. Um, as a movie, I can see where Ben is coming from in that it is choppy. Um, there is a lot of things that I think Brandon Cronenberg is trying to convey um, and could have done a better job at the same time. Well, not as much writing on this. And uh, I think there is a certain amount of liberties that someone is allowed to take and gamble with. Maybe he did not do so well with the gambling. I don't know. Either way, I enjoyed the movie. It was fun. So there it is. All right. That is all we have time for uh, talking about, as Andrew would say, um, professor. Progressor. Got it. Processor. Um, yeah. Podcaster. The yeah. producers. The producers. Right. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, 
if you haven't seen it yet, what the hell are you doing listening this far in? But good on you for sticking around. Um, oh boy, what are we doing next week? Are we doing uh, blood machines? We're doing blood mm-hmm. machines. Oh yeah, with our boy Carpenter. If we can, that, no, no, that's Brute. a challenge. We're getting brutish in here, so. Uh, all right, folks. Thank you. Until next time.